Welcome everybody to Hidden Guardians Podcast, your only podcast hosted by actual Hidden Guardians. Today we are covering the Season of Plunder Week 8 finale. It's over. We saw that fight and cutscene. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Also, we had another TWAB this week that was very, very... um, full of stuff a lot of stuff in fact weapons stuff so we're going to go over that and unlike last week's show i will promise to put the link in the description this time so yeah you can freaking click on it i'm outrider i'm joined by venge who (laughs) is traveling around the world so he's on his mobile device right now you know, he's jet setting all over the place. Where are you right now? You're in a, a Emirates right now. That's where you're at. No, you're you're in. A I mean, that Canyon, sounds about Mexico? right. No, let's, let's say that. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> no. you're, you're out in the middle. Yeah, technically, you're out in the middle of no man's land. That's where you are right now. <laughs> yes, that's me. So, week eight. Here it is, the story. Week eight. Uh, Ido last week was doing all the legwork to try to figure out where that final relic is. Well, surprise, surprise, the genius that she is figures it out, and she goes there alone to retrieve it. She's doing that to show not just her father that, yes, you don't need violence, all that, but also Aramis, that there's a better way to do things we don't need to rely on combat and killing and all this other stuff well you end up going there to save her i'm just kind of cutting to the meat of this uh, because it's a lucent brood lair so you know mm-hmm. sabathun's light infused hive are in there and yes they do have some hive guardians in there i think uh, you've fight a wizard and you fight a uh, titan once again hunters get no love whatsoever but for close quarters <laughs> I think that, for close quarters I think that the uh, titan and the wizard were and the, yeah the wizard uh, the titan and the um, warlock were better choices basically. warlock yeah yeah it is is technically a hive wizard that's now a hive whistlehawk. There we go. Well, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, perfect. Um, Ido gets. Uh, she starts pushing in further than you when you arrive. She ends up getting surrounded by the hive. She ends up getting locked in a room, screaming for help. You know, daddy's coming. He basically says, I don't forgive me because you know he's coming in in full killing mode. And when you arrive, you open that last door, the cutscene starts, and you see Aramis defending Ido from a hive titan. Mm-hmm. I want to point out that hive titan did not die. Because nobody crushed its ghost. All right. So after Aramis dispatches the Hive Titan, 
Misrax teleports in, sees her, draws his sword, and they go at it. Eventually, he overwhelms her, taking her sword and his, placing it against her throat. She says something to the effect of, show your daughter who you really are. And Ido, during the fight, screaming, stop, she protected me, all this. And Misrax pulls back, lets her go. Aramis then is like, you could have had it all, and then throws up like a uh, glacial wall grenade and jumps off the side of the cliff where her catch obviously was waiting underneath, and it caught her, and she flies off with it as you and Misrax and Ido look on. I'm thinking the uh, Hive Titan is also on the catch, so that's going to be really funny. When it reses on a uh, fallen catch and goes on a rampage, when there's a uh, light bearer running around on that catch, just like going to town in close quarters, basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll never see that. We'll we'll never see that. We get back to, you know, uh, the the Elixney quarter. You, you get the message from Ido basically and the on the record I'm I'm skipping some stuff. I know like you talked to the drifter, but it was basically just like a well done hero type thing and Ido sends one last message to Aramis, uh basically once again pleading with her just to come home, give up this path that you're on, just return, live with us, rebuild our society. We're stronger together. If we don't, we're all gonna get tore apart by all these factions out there. We need to be together. And this way is the right way, not what you're doing. Uh, Aramis actually kind of agrees with that because in the lore entry that you get for completing everything, it's her listening to the message, turning it off, understanding she's not going to get another one. And she keeps, you know, thinking on just come home over and over again and realizes that, yes, Ido's vision of the Elixir future is what's going to happen. It is the right way, but Aramis realizes kind of like it's a moment of dread that she realizes she can never be a part of this. And then dad and daughter are uh, trying to figure out how to harness the uh, power of the relics. That's uh, what you get when you place the eighth relic on the table in the helm. I, I know I'm kind of speeding through it, but when I got done with this, I actually sat there and I was like, that's it? This this is it? Yeah. I, I was let down last week when I said it was a filler and I was hoping this was going to be a banger, and this really wasn't a banger either. This was kind of like a dud for me. This was a kind of like it fell flat on its face. And we know there's a community event coming up probably after festival of the lost because we have like I, i'm talking this season goes on to like think december 5th if you look at how much how many days are left it goes to like yeah, december we still 5th, which is tuesday yeah we still got some time here. yeah so festival of the lost is three weeks and then we have almost another month on top of it so you know we're gonna get this thing and I hope there's a better conclusion from that because for a fun 
kind of like, you know, not as serious season compared to last season dealing with trauma and, you know, loss and trying to deal with, you know, the implications of your past, very heavy, heavy stuff. This was rather lighthearted adventure, but it ended on a dud. It wasn't a bang. I'm yeah. kind of disappointed. Uh, what are your What do you think? Totally, uh, Venge. What, what do you What do you think? I mean, I'm right there with you, honestly. Like, it's a bit of a point that maybe maybe I just kind of felt like we were going to end up doing something with Aramis, whether we killed her or what. But just her getting away and now having, you know. Like you said, the loose knight on the catch, probably. It's like, like it was just kind of a like a really anticlimactic way to end it, especially with the being looking forward to that whole sword fight the whole time, you know, from the beginning of the promo stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It definitely kind of felt like it fell uh, really flat and... I, I do hope that something towards the end of the actual season, time-wise, there's a better conclusion because it just kind of felt really weak. Yeah. And next season, season 19, if this is going to December 5th, uh, season 19 is going to be very short. It's December, January, and then, like, most of February. Yeah. It's going to go really quickly. So that season better be a banger because that's right before the expansion. It better be like hit after hit, like loss after loss. It better be big. It's got to be big. And it's this just did not feel like that'll be big. And it's disappointing, but you know, not everyone's a banger, I guess. Yeah. Um, One thing I did, did see actually yeah. pointed out on Twitter, um, the uh, the sword that Aramis is using is actually the sword from Deepstone Crypt from Beyond Light, which I thought was kind of a neat little touch in that fight. Everything else about it fell pretty flat. <laughs> yeah. And yes, it, it was a neat little touch. Because you can definitely see it more clearly when uh, Misrax is holding it. Is it like all the technology bits and yeah. stuff and the yeah. glory part are really prominent then? But yeah, it's the sword you get from the Deepstone Crypt raid. And it makes sense. I mean, she and her uh, people were looting it and breaking into it. And that's why you got, that's why you went to the Deepstone Crypt because there was fallen activity there. And it was just more of her people from the house, the house of, um, not Judge. House Judgment? No. Oh God, I, I don't can't remember. remember. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. It's House Light and House something. But yeah, so you know, it ties in aesthetically that she'd be using something that was looted from there. So yeah, good on them for that continuity. Yeah, I like that. Uh, speaking of continuity, we had a second twab that was loaded to the gills with a whole bunch of stuff. I also said last week that I bet it was going to be about Festival of the Lost. Well, they did mention it briefly by showing you the ornaments for the three classes. <laughs> and it 
and then telling us, hey, Tuesday morning, we'll get a reveal trailer. I hate that. We know it's coming. Why are you doing that on a stop? They should have been in this. They should have released it on Thursday. Come on. This is just a repeating event. We don't have to like hide it. I thought that was a little strange too, because it's like it's a free seasonal event. It's always been shown off, you know, before the day that it comes out, but yeah, a little well, weird. Everything that's in the that's like you know ornament wise and all that is all in the API. You can see it now already. So it's like, oh, we're gonna hide it off until Tuesday morning. Why? Why? You've been advertising the three armor sets already. Again, Bungie gets a big W for like these big twabs full of information that we've been asking about. And then they get a big L for doing this same type of marketing again. Not going to not gonna show it off till the day of the thing. I play Genshin Impact. They have little mini events all throughout each patch season. Let's just say, call it that. Because they'll update every like six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. They announce all these things coming. Sure. And then days out, you can look into the messages that you can go into your menu for and go, oh, hey, this is the new seasonal event. Oh, this is what you have to do. This is where you get it. This is how many days it lasts. They tell you all that stuff in advance. Who would have thought? I know I'm being needlessly sarcastic. I know. I know. It's just, it's annoying because I'm going to go out on a limb and say, we're going to be doing those uh, haunted lost sectors again. And they're going to show off a bunch of the ornaments and stuff. And the tower is going to be all spooky. And we're going to be collecting candy. And we're probably going to be getting lore entries. And it's going to be three weeks of this stuff that most people are going to get tired of doing within four days. Yeah. Just disappointing. You know, when I see that they're pushing it off till Tuesday, honestly, the first thought that's coming to my mind is how many of the cosmetics that I've seen in the API are going into the 1,000 silver pay book? It's annoying. Yeah, we're getting a title this season, too, and it goes towards your Reveler title, which is complete the four titles for the four different uh, seasonal events and you'll get reveler and you can guild that and guild. I'm not going to guild any of these things. When I get it once I'm done, I have no desire to guild these titles. You know, I come on. I I know they're trying different stuff with their marketing, but this is just annoying. And it's just like throwing cold water on a fire. Sometimes, you know, like you're interested because, Oh, Hey, you know, festival of loss. I like the, the themes to it. I like the setting. Yeah, it's the fall. Cool. Halloween related. Wait till Tuesday. It's like, why? Why? It just doesn't make any sense. Anyways, uh, the TWAB itself, uh, they start talking about the destination material update. Uh, so essentially, when you go to planets and you get stuff like dust light shards, or helium filaments, or microphasic data lettuces. I, I know it's data lattice, but I call it data lettuce. I don't care. That they're basically, <laughs> you're not going to be able, yeah, you're not going to be able to get them anymore starting in season 19. 
<laughs> shard, that's my shards, microphasic uh, data lettuce, helium filaments, uh, barium bows, uh, spin metal leaves, and glacial starwort will no longer be attainable. In fact, when you the, the locations, the little harvesting points will still be there, but you won't get that material. I think you get like glimmer and maybe legendary shards. It mentions it somewhere in here. Uh, you'll be able to cash some of this stuff in and get rid of it in exchange for things. Uh, Rahul will no longer be exchanging for Glimmer starting in Season 19 for materials. It's fine. They're basically just condensing some of this stuff. So anything that has you know planetary material costs are being removed and reworked. For example, like an Ascendant Shard, the golf ball. Uh, it'll still cost 10 Enhancement Prisms. You'll still have to give 50 Legendary Shards and 50,000 Glimmer. There's no uh, planetary mats anymore associated with these things. And for people that want to get Glimmer, they're now increasing the amount of Glimmer you get for doing public events, and heroic public events give the most. I think they said up to 12,500 Glimmer per heroic public event if you have like you know things on to give you more glimmer boosts like you know what what the, the one consumables like raining glimmer or something glimmer mm -hmm. storm or whatever it is yeah you put that on and maybe the ghost mod that gives you more glimmer you'll get more glimmer so just turning in materials to rahul which was the fastest and easiest thing to do is no longer going to be the way it's now going to be going out in the world. I don't know what I think of this yet. I'm going to have to try it out and see some of the, there's mods for the ghosts that will be removed. Those are the ones that finding planetary mats while they're not changing the planetary vendors so much like giving them reputation like Finch has on um, Sabathun's Throne World that came with uh, Witch Queen. Um, at least mm -hmm. Devrim in the EDZ and Failsafe on Nessus, instead of having three daily quests, they're going to give them a fourth. Okay. Uh, also, I think like the... There's like a weapon that... There's weapons they'll sell at those vendors that are no longer upgradable because they've been sunset, so to speak. You can still purchase them for the collections and use them, but you can't upgrade them. They're going to be removing those from those vendors as well. So if you're a completionist, grab the ones you don't have if they show up between now and December 5th. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that they're trying to do this for like the uh, new players. Because old fogies like us, we have way too many materials. Yeah. <laughs> New players don't. So, you know, you, you might spend hours farming out in the uh, Cosmodrome or the EDZ trying to get things. And uh, you, you don't get enough of them. Whereas we've had years of collecting these things just for the hell of it or getting them as rewards for completing strikes and stuff. Hey, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, let's uh, move on to the uh, 
mid-season weapon tuning. So, Mercules is back. He's the associate designer, part of the weapons team, talking about the mid-season weapons tuning. Um, I'm not going to read off everything that he writes. There's a lot of it. Uh, I'm just going to try to, like, hit the bullet points, and I will link this TWAB in the description so you can read the explanations. Because, there, like I said, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff. And um, we'll be here for quite a while talking about it otherwise. But uh, for weapon archetypes, auto rifles. Some of the things that they're doing, generally, they're going to increase the effects of stability stat on recoil reduction by 20% at the high end. For precision frame auto rifles, they're increasing the crit damage multiplier from 1.5 to 1.55. Crit damage goes up from 30 to 31% with rounding. Uh, 30 to 31 points with rounding. Okay, so they're uh, messing with the stability. Cool. So you're going to be recoiling less and slightly more damage, but I know it doesn't seem like one point of damage is a lot, but when you're firing a bunch of bullets out and all hitting a target, they do stack and add. And that one mm -hmm. damage, two points of damage could be the difference between you putting somebody down in PvP or they get away with just a hair of health and then regenerate. So we will see how that goes. Uh, bows are getting touched. They're going to increase bow stow duration. It's going to vary by subfamily and, and the handling stat on the bow. Uh, before, 0 to 100 handling stat. Um, light, lightweight frame bows. It was 0.4 of a second to 0.2 of a second if at 100. And precision was 0.433 to 0.2 seconds at 100 handling. Now... Lightweight bows at 100 handling, it's going to take 0.3 seconds, and precisions are going to go 0.33 seconds. So they've just kind of, everything's just slightly increased. I mean, this isn't even like a full second. This is fractions of a second. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I just quickly looking at it, and this is kind of like, you know, because of the uh, the bow swap kill techniques. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're just kind of like reducing a little bit of this. Pulse rifles apparently have uh, been bad boys and girls lately. Specifically, adaptive frame, 390 <laughs> RPM, and rapid fire frame, 540 RPM pulse rifles. Like peace of mind, my personal favorite one. That's getting touched. Uh, yes, and, and basically pulse rifles are dad rifles because dads have no skill, no talent, or anything, and we're all a bunch of gems. We'll enter others' various um, teenage Zoomer whatever insults that mean nothing and just not really annoy us but confuse people. All right, so in general, they're rebalancing the effect of the handling stat across pulse rifles. The handling stat effects on weapons ready, stow, and aim down sight speed. They're increasing effects of handling by 5% at the high end, most effects lightweight and adaptive frames. They're reducing the effects of handling by 2% at the low end, mostly effects high impact and rapid fire frames. So, 
lightweight and adaptives are going to be handling better. Impact and rapid fire are going to be slightly less. Uh, they're adjusting mm -hmm. damage fall off scale based on the range stat. So at zero range, reduced from 16 meters to 15 meters. At 100 range, it's going to be unchanged. So it's basically on the low end there that they're fixing it. Adaptive frame pulse rifles, they're increasing the precision multiplier from 1.6 to 1.65. So crit damage goes from 30.4 to 31.4. This is going to allow the weapon allow the weapon to kill guardians below tier four resilience with six crits, so two bursts, in 0.60 seconds. I don't know anybody Jesus. in the crucible that has four resilience or lower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's most likely going to increase the you're, you're probably going to have another burst in there and I'm thinking it's at, at, let's just say at 10 resilience it's most likely going to be almost like you know if if two bursts at four um, probably like around 0. 0.80 seconds it's almost a full second that's just me trying to mm -hmm. math, and I'm really bad at it. Uh, <laughs> rapid fire frame pulse rifles, specifically peace of mind. Its base zoom is reduced from 19 to 18. Yeah, it, it had a very, very large amount of zoom on that thing. Uh, yeah, moving it down by one, I'm going to notice it. I guarantee I'm going to notice it. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, is it going to affect me? Eh, we'll find out. I'm still pretty bad all around. We'll see how it feels. Peace of mind still a fantastic pulse rifle to begin with, and I use it in both PvE and PvP. So if I use it, stick with PvE, you know, I'm happy. If it never goes back into PvP, that's fine too. There's always new weapons showing up that are easy to use, utilitarian oh. and compete well in player versus player so anything out of those three so far that uh have you scratching your head or wondering what they're doing like why are they changing it uh i mean i don't i don't think so i think for the most part it kind of makes sense and some of it does seem minor so it's going to have to be one of those kind of how it feels to use after the update. I don't feel like it's going to be too terrible, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's another one of those we'll have to see when we, it arrives in a couple of weeks. That, that, that's about it. Scout rifles. High-impact scout rifles, specifically. They were uh, kind of bumped up a little bit last season, so... Yeah, they, they feel pretty good right now. Well, they're now going to reduce the body damage from 42 to 40 and crit damage from 73.5 to just 70. So they were bumped up last season and they're now getting reduced again next season. They're, they're petrified about a potential scout rifle meta happening where everybody's basically sitting in the mm -hmm. back and just mapping people. I get it. I'm not seeing that. I'm still getting killed by hand cannons. I'm still getting killed by SMGs. 
I'm still getting killed by fusion rifles, <laughs> shotguns, sniper rifles, you know, all the things that they are going to talk about in this. But I don't think scout rifles are as big as a concern that Bungie thinks they are. But, you know, oh well. Scouts went up, scouts go down. It's just the way the world works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sidearm. Sidearms. This is just a general change. They're increased the auto-aim fall-off distance by 30%, 30% across the board. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you listen carefully, especially if you live in Michigan, you would have heard True Vanguard moaning <laughs> at the thought of uh, sidearms. <laughs> their increased fall-off distance by 30%. Because, you know, he is kind of like the, the uh, sidearm king. He, he was oh, yes. super excited about Traveler's Chosen getting surplus for its catalyst. Mm -hmm. Super excited for that. I mean, this is just crack. And this will affect the Traveler's Chosen as well. So sidearms, you're you're getting a nice little bump there. SMGs. Got some changes coming here. The lightweight frame SMG currently overlap too much with adaptive frames. So they're gonna make a very small change that'll help differentiate them. The general stuff. The reducing damage fall off and the distance at which the damage dealt by the weapon in hip fire reaches its lowest point. Aiming down sights extend this distance by a factor of the zoom. They're they're reducing the fall off from 24 meters to 23 across the board. So it's going to fall off just that one meter sooner. Mm -hmm. Precision frame SMGs. Their increased base damage from 16 to 17. Crit damage goes from 22.4 to 23.8. Ooh. <laughs> I like this. They're reducing the zoom of Shiora's Wrath that's the Trials SMG, the Void SMG, and the Adept version, and the Friction Fire from 16 to 15. The Friction Fire was from Season of the Hunt, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And it got made fun of greatly when it came out in Season of the Hunt because it really didn't have a whole lot of stuff. They kind of refreshed the, the perk pool, I think, on it, so now it's getting some better stuff. But and that was for, like, I think the 30th anniversary pack. Uh, but, yeah, all those, their zoom is going down to 15. Lightweight frame SMGs, they're reducing the base damage from 11 to 10.85 and crit damage from 18.2 to 17.9. Uh, essentially, that some of the, uh, just to clarify here, especially when it comes to precision frames, like Shayar's Wrath. He said the subfamily has some out-of-band zoom values, and it seems they're overlapping with some auto rifles, and they don't want that to happen. Where you can take an SMG over oh, an auto, wow. auto sure. rifle and do better. Well, if you've ever gone face-to-face -face with somebody with Shayar's Wrath in the Crucible, yeah, they're firing at you from like almost auto rifle distances and killing you faster because they're spraying more bullets. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I can totally get that. Why am I going to use an auto rifle when I can just use my submachine gun? Mm -hmm. uh, fusion rifles. Uh, precision frame fusion rifles. 
They're reducing the effect of the intrinsic precision frame perk that has a recoil reduction by 50% for fusion rifles only. So it's the reduce the effect of precision frames intrinsic on recoil direction by 50% for fusion rifles only. Because there's other things that have precision frames for weapons. That's only going to affect fusion rifles. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed that when this patch goes live, that it doesn't affect every gun in the game that has precision frame next to it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. Glaives. Yes, glaives. People uh, slept on glaives when they first came out in PvP. I'm just going to flat out say it. Y'all did. These things are strong as hell mm -hmm. in PvP because of the shield. A shield that could soak 97.5% of all damage. Well, in PvP, <laughs> they're, they're reducing Glaive shield damage resistance versus players from 75% to 50%. So damage from a player super is unchanged to 50%. Damage from non-players unchanged at set at 97.5%. So PVE stat, we're still tanky as hell. PvP, they're making them slightly more squishy. So people will uh have more of a chance, I guess, against somebody with a glaive. I don't know. I didn't have too many problems with people with glaives. Cold snap grenade takes care of that pretty quick. Freeze them in place. <laughs> Move around. Blow their brains out with a shotgun or a fusion rifle. Is what it is. But enough people were saying, mm -hmm. hey, a little bit too strong. And, and really in the hands of a very skilled glaive user, somebody that was what we would consider to be off balance back when Witch Queen came out using glaives in PvP. So now they've been using it for like almost three seasons worth of content and you're going, oh my god, these people are sick. I can't stop them. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is why they're doing the change. Uh, sniper rifles. Okay. So, there is something we're going to have to talk about here with snipers because there is a term in here called settle time that is not going to mean anything to anybody listening unless you read this. And even then, it's basically, well, you know what? Here we go. I'm, I'm just going to read this to you. It involves how flinch works. It says, we've made several changes trying to make challenging a sniper rifle more feasible over the years, but ultimately the way flinch works has made this tricky to do in a way that didn't make them feel worse to use, particularly in PvE. Under the hood, incoming damage causes the player's aim to deflect by an angle depending on the weapon type and damage amount. And then there's a spring force that pulls aim back down. In parentheses, for spring nerds out there, this is defined as dampening ra damping ratio and spring force. It's often called settle time. So we made a change in Season 19 that has significantly moved the needle in internal playtests. We've reduced the amount of flinch received in PvE to avoid adversely affecting that experience, 
but increased settle time substantially. This means you'll continue to flinch away from your target without settling enough to shoot through the flinch. Our goal is to discourage continuing to attempt to snipe when you're already under fire. The experience of sniping while not under fire won't change. Uh, basically, this is, again, trying to stop people from standing in a well and just shooting nonstop at one crit spot in PvE. I'm just saying this right now. Because you can shoot through things if you're healing constantly, and you're just reasonably moving around a little bit, but you can go back pretty quickly. Now it's going to snap up and take a while for it to link back down, so you're going to be losing some DPS in PvE. This is great for PvP. I, I don't think anybody that's being shot at with a scout rifle in the face should be able to pull off a shot with a sniper without any difficulty. It should be hard if they're trying to snipe you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but what they're doing is they've increased the settle time after receiving flinch by 60%. They've reduced receiving flinch in PvE. Uh, now this has significant playtest time. They're also adding, we're making similar changes to linear fusion rifles in Season 19. So there you go. Anything that is basically a form of a sniper rifle, whether it's, you know, snipers or linear fusions, such as, uh, you know, Storm Chaser and um, Cataclysmic and, you know, all the fun ones right now that people are using. That, that one that we managed to craft this season, <laughs> the Taipan, you know, that you can do that. The Taipan. Everybody's been using in the uh, King's Fall raid because King's Fall is basically linear fusion rifles or bust. Uh, now it's going to yep, suck. can confirm. <laughs> I, I can't say it's going to suck I, I'm going to have to test it out I may not even really notice it but I already know that when you take on somebody like the war priest and it hits you with those disruption shots those three homing shots you flinch you get thrown and it does mm -hmm. take some time to get back in there but hey you know we'll have to see I, I'm happy for pvp players i am just shaking my head for pve players i i think flinch hey you know what reduce flinch in pve great i've wanted you to reduce flinch in pve for a long time and not just yeah. on you know yeah. sniper rifles linear fusion rifles but i'm talking across the board i think flinch and pve should really not be too much of a thing but oh well uh, let's see, trace rifles. Uh, they're just going to increase the effect, the effect the stability stat has on recoil reduction at the low end of the stat by 10% and at the high end of the stat by 25%. So more stability you have, uh, recoil reduction is improved. It's going to be improved across the board. So I guess with a really, really high stability, it's going to be like a, a truly a straight laser beam, whereas, you know, much lower stability, you're still going to be landing, you know, a stream on things. It just may not be critical hits all the time. It might bounce around on the target, but you still might be hitting it. So, And lastly, for the weapon archetypes, uh, rocket launchers, they're going to increase the blast radius by 0.4 meters across the board. 
more blast radius Perfect. means more things more, caught in more, the blast. Boom. More boom. <laughs> awesome. It, it, for me, it's like 0.4 of a meter. It's not one meter, 0.4 of a meter. It's not even a half a meter. It's less than a half a meter. I guess that'll mm-hmm. make a difference. I don't know. I think some of these some of these tuning numbers, I'm glad we have them, but you're looking at them like you're legitimately tuning by like uh, milliseconds at points. You know, it's like, uh, are we really going to notice? Is this really going to cause that much of a difference? I mean, they have the numbers, sure, and they're sharing them with us, and I, I just kind of shake my head when I see, yeah, we're tuning it by a, less oh. than a half a meter. It's like, uh, moving on. Perks, uh, gut shot straight. That's one of the new ones this season. They're removing the audio from activation. Essentially, activating it is just looking is ADSing. The second you do that, it activates gut shot straight. And apparently people find it annoying because the audio cues keep going off constantly because you're ADSing. So <laughs> they've done this before. There's other perks that did similar. Okay. Uh, Range finders mm-hmm. getting a nerf. I'll let you read that. Uh, essentially, they're removing the additional 20% bonus to aim assist fall off. It's still going to be good, I think. It's just apparently it's like, you know, it's just it's too powerful. Right here, the rangefinder has long been mm-hmm. one of the flat-out strongest perks in the game across multiple archetypes of weapons. Yeah, it's basically a bit based on how effective zoom is, so rangefinder gives that, and they're cutting 20% off the bonus on aim assist follow-up. Jade Rabbit's also getting tweaked. Um, we talked about the change to the perks last time, but also Jade Rabbit's getting redu- a reduction to his aim assist by 20. Yay. Uh, Lord of Wolves. <laughs> I, I use Jade Rabbit once in a while, but, you know, it's, it's truthfully, it's not really going to affect me. Uh, same with Lord of Wolves. Mm-hmm. And this is like, again, Mercules has been working on this. Uh, Lord of Wolves, now when release the wolves is active, I think that's the alt fire mode, reduce the aim down sight accuracy penalty times 10 to times 3. They're removing the 25% universal base damage buff. They're adding a 40% additional PVE damage buff. And they're removing the 50% critical hit multiplier penalty. And added full auto as an intrinsic perk. So, um, oh, the accuracy penalty is being reduced. The universal damage buffs being removed. In PVE, it's getting forty percent increase in damage, and it will have a fifty percent critical hit multiplier. Because uh, they're, they're removing the penalty for it. And it's going to be full auto. A lot of that is PVE changes. That's fine. Because Lord of Wolves can be very... It can be extremely oppressive in PvP. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah this might be fun to use in pve i i kind of think this is gonna put this shotgun this exotic shotgun kind of in a lot of people's uh, collections and it's just never going to get used again at this point yeah yeah uh, also no time to explain everybody's favorite pulse rifle in trials of osiris is also getting touched again uh there's a lot of stuff that's happening here but the two bullet points you can read the rest of this stuff like i said linked in the description read the twab mercules has a lot of commentary about each of these changes they're reducing the recoil direction stat from 90 to 73 and reducing the aim assist stat from 45 to 40 so aim assist goes down by five and recoil direction is almost 17 points lowered actually 17 points on the nose so that'll mm -hmm. be fun because now it's going to recoil a little bit more and harder so people with mouse and keyboard might have to work on getting that lovely two-hit burst and murking some poor person that doesn't know any better <laughs> that entered trials on freelance weekend with only four resilience or lower but they were happy because you know they had a hundred they had a hundred in their intellect so they knew they were going to get their super back faster but they also didn't know that super is now really determined by how many kills and stuff you get in pvp Jesus. <laughs> I don't know where that all came from. I'll be honest, folks. It's just me being uh, cranky. It's been a very long week. Yeah. It's been an extreme long week. <laughs> uh, last uh, exotic that's getting uh, touched. The Risk Runner. They're reducing damage resistance versus players. So in PvP only, damage resistance versus players being reduced. When arc superconductor is active, that's where you get that like arc shield around you when you take arc damage when you're holding the risk runner. So it's going to go from 50% damage resistance to only 15% damage resistance in PVE. PVP, not PVE. PVP is 15%. PVE is going to be 50%. As I said, it's going to be ridiculous still in PVE and, not, and much more doable mm -hmm. in PVP. So I personally think they should have saved this change till next season because this is the arc 3.0 season. They should have just let it ride sure. with the risk runner. It's just being an asshole and just destroying everything in sight and just basically preventing people from completely murdering you in a PVP with all the lovely little arc classes now. I do want to add, I um, I built a Heart of Inmost Light Titan, Arc 3.0 Titan, with the storm grenades that go on forever. Ah, yes. Yeah, that needs to be nerfed into the ground. <laughs> that, is, that is strong. I like it. Don't get me wrong here. I, I do like it. I think if they tweak the uh the, the the exotic kind of like how they tweaked the um uh Lorely Splendor helmet exotic for the uh, solar titans mm -hmm. it'll 
make it less like holy fuck i can't get away from these storm grenades <laughs> how is this Titan mm-hmm. spamming its melee attack at me non-stop <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun to do that. Uh, it's it's got to be up there with. I'm impressed on the level like I am with a uh, Solar Titan with this. It, it's just tremendous amounts of fun. But the fun's not going to last forever. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> it will get tuned down at some. Point. Yeah, no, it will not. Yeah, unfortunately, but it is true. Uh, in the future. Uh, there, there's a couple things we're looking at tuning sometime next season. They said that not necessarily at the launch of the season, but sometime during the season. So maybe like a midway through the season thing. Uh, special ammo linear fusion rifles, specifically Lawrence Driver and Arbalest. They're getting auto aim reduction and they're getting flinch tuning. Good. Well, I mean, that's good for PvP. We'll have to see what these actual changes are going to be because remember, they're still building encounters because Arbalist exists and is the best way to break shields and stun champions and do a lot of damage to other things because it's basically another sniper rifle. I don't want them to break Arbalest down so badly that you don't use it in PvE anymore. I'll go on record saying mm-hmm. I know nobody that uses Lawrence Driver in PvE in PvE ever. That that should probably be thrown into one of the uh, pits of hell for PvP players uh, because it's just nasty. So reducing it, so. Uh, people basically just stop getting essentially free kills with it in PVP would be nice. So it looks like that's going to happen sometime in the future of season 19, uh, machine guns. So as your LMGs, they're doing some balancing for that. Eventually they're going to try to make them a better heavy option in PVP. Okay. They're going to reduce the difference between them and other heavy weapons in PVE and make them less punishing to use for ad clearing. Okay, um, I'm for it. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't have any suggestions other than give them more ammo and make them do more damage. (laughs) Maybe give them a bigger buff, like an intrinsic thing for all red bar minor enemies. You know, in PvE, they they do an extra 25% damage to them. That might just chew through everything. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in higher-end activities, I'm still hitting, like, in the head with, like, you know, corrective measure, doing a few thousand points, and that thrall is still coming at me. It should go down. I am mm-hmm. using a heavy weapon. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't take, like, four or five shots to do it. Maybe two or three. Um, mm-hmm. And the last thing that they added in here, this very, very last line, it's like they just tucked this one in here. They tucked it in here so nobody would notice it. Let me tell you, folks. Daddy noticed. <laughs> oh, my God. Daddy saw what you did, Mark. 
Mercury. <laughs> saw that. They're removing the damage penalty to Dead Man's Tail at five stacks of cranial spike. When we saw the what they did to Dead Man's Tail, I think you heard me audibly complain that it was going to do less damage when it got five stacks of cranial spike and it ramped up its RPMs. It would now do less damage because mm-hmm. you're hip fire. So they're now going to get rid of the damage penalty for five stacks of cranial spike. I don't know where this is all going to go to. Maybe it's only PvE. Maybe it's PvP. Maybe it's across the board. We won't know until we see those patch notes. But if that's what they're doing, see if you can get it there at launch. That would be nice. I would like to use DMT Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. and not feel bad doing so. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about some of these changes coming for the mid-season weapons tuning? Uh, Honestly, I don't know because a lot of this is geared towards um, PvP, and I haven't been able to play PvP for a long time, so I'm not going to just say, like, oh, this is good or bad, but definitely going to be wait and see how it feels once you can actually use it, and then obviously seeing what other people think, too, on the PvP side of things, because that's what most of this is. Right. But... Right. Yeah, it's... um... It's still a wait and see type thing, even for me. We don't know mm-hmm. what is, uh, what it's going to feel like until we get it in our hands. I think we've been trying to say this out loud at some point when we're going over these any of these changes in most of the seasons. Like it reads this way, it looks painful. We don't know till we use it. Sometimes it's like, oh, this wasn't bad at all. Other times it's like, oh my god, what did you do? You know. I I think the only change that I remember seeing that on paper was so horrible that there was no way to cover it was when they completely nerfed um, the Renewal Grasp's exotic uh, arms for Stasis Hunters. Mm -hmm. Because that was a universal change, and I actually responded in a Twitter thread when Kevin Giannis was actually answering stuff on Twitter and asked him, is this just for PVE or PVP? And he explained that this is, it's a universal thing. And unfortunately when they have to touch something like cooldown times, it's a universal thing. So it was going to affect both. I was like, well, that kind of sucks. He goes, yeah, it does happen once in a while, but you know, there's not a lot we can do. It's like, all right, well, yeah, there it is. Renewal grass right in the garbage. Yeah. I've I've tried using Mm -hmm. them again, and they're still still terrible. They they truly are. I I really hope at some point hunters get another uh, stasis-related exotic armor piece. Yeah, I'm I'm not happy about some of those changes. (laughs) To this day, I'm not happy, but I understand them. You got to do what you got to do. All it did is it made me move on and try other things. That's it. That's all. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Uh, I will, again, like I said, this stuff's going into the, um, uh, description. You can read all of Mercules' comments and whatnot. 
and you know get caught up and make your own mind about these changes uh, also in the Twelve destiny brazil we now have a uh a latin american community manager bruno welcome aboard he's doing destiny brazil yes that's awesome uh, there's a bunch of cute artwork in here welcome welcome yeah some really cute artwork, pirate themed artwork. You know, it's good. I like it. Um, and that's about it because, you know, Festival of the Lost is next week. So, well, Festival of the Lost is live when you get this into your ears. And uh, next show, we will talk about that. I don't think there's any story stuff that's going to happen. You know, we'll go over anything that happens in Festival of the Lost, probably talk about some other stuff too. Uh, this is, we're kind of reaching that point where we got to start being inventive about topics. Because I don't think the Twilight's yeah. going to have anything but <laughs> Festival of the Lost stuff in it, and it's going to be very, um, it'll be thin for a few weeks. It'll be thin for a few weeks, mm-hmm. and then we'll probably get something, and We'll get nothing, and then we'll get something right before season nineteen. Uh, anything else you want to add, Vange? Because I think we're uh, we're done pretty much with this one. Um, I I was able to actually run a King's Fall yesterday. My internet survived, and I was put a last minute fill, and uh, I didn't get touch of malice, but it was pretty cool, actually finally see the raid <laughs> nice nice i hope you got at least some good loot here and there something usable i got a scout rifle that was okay a fusion that was not and a couple armor pieces that were just put into uh other armor pieces because they were not great rolls yeah. either so yeah you'll have this You'll get some more raids yeah. in. You'll get some uh, other stuff. Uh, this past week, I actually got Touch of Malice, finally. Congrats. Yeah. It was a nice night. Uh, we did three runs, two full runs, and one checkpoint. And the first run nice. and the checkpoint in between, two people got Touch of Malice. And on the final run, I got it. So all three, there was three people that weren't in there that didn't have it, that all got it that night over three separate uh, orcs kills. So, yeah, that was a good night. And, oh, that's uh, cool. Burgundy I like World that. Was, that's awesome. Yeah, Bur- Burgundy World was mauling like crazy because he's like 21 and 0 with Touch of Malice, maybe higher at this point. <laughs> and basically mm-hmm. everybody else has it except him in the clan, so... <laughs> I want to add something. Uh, Jay Pans America, he was also a friend of the, the show and a friend of Burgundy Worlds and in the clan mm-hmm. that I'm in with them. When it came to Deepstone Crypt and Eyes of Tomorrow, apparently it took 78 looted clears for Jay Pans to finally get that exotic rocket launcher. Oh my God. I know people that we're up in the 60s of looted clears 
before they got it. I got mine at my 33rd looted clear. And I was running out of, I just mm-hmm. got tired of doing it. And I got it, and I was, I think I yeah. almost broke down into tears. <laughs> but 78. Oh, <laughs> Hopefully, he gets his well before that. Uh, but that'll do it for today. Uh, we'll be back next week. Please enjoy Festival of Lost as you uh, get this, because it'll be out by then. Hope you get some candy and, you know, maybe some cool stuff. We'll talk about the ornaments and the cosmetics and, you know, all that nice stuff. And if there's any changes to any of the activities that happen, we will discuss that. And in the meantime, you can find us at anchor.fm slash hg-podcast or on Twitter at podcast underscore hidden. All the normal stuff, link trees there, emails there. You know, get a hold of us if you have any questions, comments, suggestions for shows, stuff like that, blah, 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 blah. We say it every time. And our inbox cries (laughs) because it's empty. In the meantime, sad inbox inbox is sad. But what will make sad inbox less (laughs) sad is ending the show right here. So in the meantime, we will be hanging out in the Dark Zone, Wendy, for a revive. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You're all great, lovely people. Be well, everyone. Bye-bye now.